Welcome back to After the Buzzer Sports Talk, and I'm your host, Aiden Mayer. Okay, so in today's episode, we're not going to be joined by Colin. Uh, yesterday, I did a um, podcast with Thomas from Break It Down NBA, so if you did not check that out, definitely go check that out. I also did one on his channel, which is Break It Down NBA, so go check those both out after you're done listening to this. But today, we're going to be talking about, um, is there any concern with Chris Sale throwing an average of 89.1 miles per hour last night? Um, and kind of touch up a little bit on that Red Sox team, mostly the Chris Sale thing. Is there any concern with him or this Red Sox team? We're going to be talking about the top five um, places in order that Adam Silver, realistically, that Adam Silver in the NBA should be rooting for Zion Williamson to go to. That's a list that I made up myself. And then we are going to be um, discussing whether the Ivica Zubac trade um, – that the Los Angeles Lakers made hinted to any um, off-season moves that they were going to make. So we'll get all, to all of that um, coming up right now. So, yeah, oh, also, we didn't have any callers. Uh, just wanted to throw that out. But anyway, um, so last night, the Boston Red Sox lost a one nothing game to the Oakland Athletics, who are now 5-3. and three. The Red Sox are now 1-5. and five. Chris Sale last night actually was okay, but he threw a career-low... 89.1 miles per hour last night. His previous low was 89.8 miles per hour on July 27, 2012. And he's had most of his um, career lows on average um, in 2012, 2013. And that this is he started 248 games in his career, and only two of them he's thrown the ball under an average of 90 miles per hour. And last time, 2012. Sure, he lost last night, but Chris Sale, his stat line looked all right. He pitched six innings, three hits, an earned run, two walks, but only one strikeout. Chris Sale is known for racking up some strikeouts and known for being able to hit high velocity. So last night raised some questions, but can are we concerned? Some people are concerned. Some people aren't. I think you have to at least raise your awareness to this because Chris Sale had shoulder problems going into the offseason. Last year he did. And it took him a little bit last season to kind of adjust. But middle of the season he was really hitting like 96 miles per hour on an average. Come playoff time he did struggle. Come September, August, but... You know, September, October, most likely, mostly, but like July, June, prime. He was very good. Took him a little bit. And Alex Gore even said, like, in the Texas, like, the hot, humid weather, he started to really throw the ball hard again. But last season, he's still throwing like 92 miles per hour, at least on an average, I think, to start the year. But the Red Sox extended his contract, and it was a risky move. We knew that because this team is going to have to pay a lot of guys, young guys that are going to want a lot of money, and they have to pick and choose the right ones. They chose to get rid of Kimbrel. They chose to keep Sale. They chose they're going to keep Bogarts. Bogarts, so sorry. That came out weird. But they have to pick and choose who they want to keep and who they want to leave. And when they got rid of Craig Kimbrel, especially now, I feel like last year, they it's kind of coming off of last year where they said, you know, last year we won the championship without a bullpen, so we can do it again. Joe Kelly, you're free. 
Um, Craig Kimbrough, you're free. Personally, for me, when they let a, uh, Joe Kelly walk, I was okay with that. I thought, we're not going to pay him that type of money. He's not even that good anyway. But I would have liked to see Craig Kimbrough come back on a one-year deal, at least, to help your bullpen get a true closer for now. And then we can, you know, work our way next year. You, you pay him this year, and then next year when it comes to paying more guys, he's gone. That, that was just my my uh, thing, because you can definitely defend the um, title. Again, we've played two series, so I'm not panicking. Am I raising my concern over Chris Sale and this Boston Red Sox team after this 1-5 start? Certainly. We had seven hits last night in a walk. Everyone, only, the max uh, hits was one. Every player there had one hit or zero hits last night. And then Mitch Moreland had a hit and a walk and only three up bad. So no one really had a good night. Um, uh, what's his name? Xander Bogarts got thrown out at the end of that game, which is costly. And that was the I couldn't believe that happened. But, again, Chris Sale, does this concern you? It raises awareness for me, but I think the Red Sox are smart people and that they did sign Chris Sale to that extension for a reason. They knew he'd be all right. And it's either Chris Sale, you know, what is Chris Sale doing? Is he trying to bring his velocity down to kind of save it up for later in the season, or is his arm really hurting? I can't really think of a great scenario right now. I don't know. Or is it just the cold weather's kind of getting to him a little? I, I like, and I don't even think that should be a problem. He's a one of the best starting pitchers in the league. So, again, these past two games, you have not scored at all. You've been shut out in the past two games. So, finally, the pitching's starting to really come along, and the bats just fell asleep, um, which was not the case uh, at the beginning of that Mariners series. So, you know, can both those get on the same page? Your bullpen has actually been – your bullpen's overachieved – your hitting was what I expected in the past two games. That uh, it has been horrible, and then your pitching's got a little back on track. But still, despite Chris Sale's good game last night, you lost one to nothing, and he pitched a career low average in speed. And we all know about the shoulder problem, so it definitely has to uh, concern you a little bit. But I'm not, um, you know, I'm not alarming the sirens just yet. Let's give it a little time. I hate those people who are getting on the case of the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Astros, because they've started the season like two and four, like one and five, like big deal. We're not, we're like two series in, but let's, let's give it a break. All right. Um, so yeah, sorry. My voice is a a little off today. Um, it's just, it hurts a little, um, but that's all right. Let's just disregard that and, um, get to the next topic, which is in my order, five to one. Uh, well, actually, I'll go one to five and then do the honorable mentions. The best realistic um, spot. So if Adam Silver and the NBA are sitting back and they have, they have to root for a team realistically in the lottery to get Zion, who should, be, should they be rooting for? Sorry, that was hard to explain. I don't know why. So, yeah, let's get to that. Okay, so at number one, I think most of you guys would expect this, but the New York Knicks. The Knicks are probably the most valuable franchise to the NBA. They cost, they're worth the most money. They're in New York. They probably have the biggest platform, most popular. And that's, if there's a top priority for the NBA, it's the New York Knicks. Um, it's always going to be those big market teams. The New York Knicks are the biggest. Um, 
this one definitely makes the most sense. Plus, you add the fact that, yes, it's a big market. Zion is one of the most hyped over prospects of all time. The power forward out of Duke. And that's a perfect type of player for New York. Hype, one of the most hyped over prospects in New York fits perfectly. It's a perfect equation. And this is a Knicks team that is desperately struggling needs help. Plus, you get a guy like Zion, that's going to draw some attention from KD and Kyrie. And it's going to draw a little more interest, I think, from those two. And you want them desperately to go there. I don't want Kyrie to go there because I'm a Celtics fan. But you get what I'm saying. This is the league. I'm Adam Silver. I'm Adam Silver's shoes. The number one um, team I'm rooting for, realistically, is the New York Knicks. For those reasons just stated, and I think people, almost everyone out there agrees. I would like to hear your number one if you disagree. Again, Anchor Mobile off anything if you agree or disagree with this list, anything that we're going to talk about today, anything at all, any suggestions, anything, Anchor Mobile app, type in after Buzz Sports Talk, voice message, please. Billy or Charles did not call in in the past few days, so I'm kind of sad about that. Or any of you guys. I like having callers on the show. It's really fun. I like to hear all these different people. Like You start off with a few people. Once we really get a lot, it'll be real fun. Trust me. We can have some fun with it. Um... You can even ask me, like, overrated, underage, just right in those minigames. But whatever. Um, getting on to the next team. So, number two. So, you guys probably recall about a week ago also, I kind of came up with this from the article that I shared with you guys. Someone actually said Am Silver should want to go to the Hawks, not the Knicks. But I think the Hawks are number two. I think the Knicks are clear number one. But the Hawks are number two because the Hawks have a young dynasty in the making. Not not Dynasty, but a very good young core. Dynasty was a stretch. Imagine this. Trey Young and Kevin Huerter bombing these deep threes. Well, Trey Young is going with these flashy passes and throwing up lobs to Zion and John Collins. That would be fun. And you know what I'm talking about. Was that a clear definition? No, but you know what I'm talking about. That would just be a very fun young core. Do they need Zion? I mean, not really, because um, John Collins is a little bit small for a five to me. He's a little bit more of a stretch five because he's someone who needs to step things up defensively as a rim protector, and he can go up there and grab rebounds but and play good offensively, but it's the defense aspect of that. Could he really do that, even with Zion at the power forward position playing defense? But I don't know. I just think John Collins is more power forward. But anyway... They should want that. The only risk in that involves is that this is Atlanta. This is kind of a sketchy city. They're not a huge market either. Um, So, again, it's kind of a small market, but I think Atlanta has potential to be a big market. And, yeah, you can sit here and say, well, what about Memphis, too? You could throw them there, but no, that's just too small. I think Atlanta is a small market. That is potential to become an average-sized market with a guy like Zion. Memphis would become a bigger market. Anyone that got Zion would become a bigger market. But the thing with Atlanta is they are a city. They're actually bigger than people think. And they're just not that big right now. But they traded for Trey Young because the Hawks are aware that they needed more fans to come in the season. That's why they traded Luka Doncic for Trey Young in the pick. Trey Young was a more hyped-over prospect at the time. So they brought him in to kind of draw more attention to the franchise. 
a lot of that is what it's based off of nowadays. And I think you get a guys like Zion, they could be, you know, close to an average market. I think they have that type of potential with their size, which isn't huge, but it's not tiny either. That's Atlanta, Georgia we're talking about. So, again, I mean, Atlanta's not really great sports city, but they have potential to be, and they got a nice young core. And they have probably going to have, like, two top six picks if they can get the Mavericks pick, too. So, I mean, they have realistic odds as well. Um, number three is the Chicago Bulls. They're at least the top five, top seven market every single year. They're Chicago. They're not going to be the biggest market. I know their city is a little sketchy, kind of like Atlanta, but they are a very big market. And they, like Atlanta, have a very big, uh, a very good young core. I don't know what they do with Zion in the starting lineup. Would Otto Porter become their sixth man? Now, Laurie Markkinen is a small forward. Yeah, that's right. Seven foot Laurie Markkinen is your small forward. I mean, maybe at that point, an auto quarter comes off the bench. That wouldn't be bad because Markin is more of a shooter. But they do need a point guard. But, I mean, that team, that would be fun because Chicago's a big market. And you've already, I feel like they don't, they get a good amount of attention from Chicago. But that's one of your more iconic franchises in the NBA um, with the whole MJ era with Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. And they're a pretty big market, top five at least, top seven at least. Um, I'd say probably they're top five, not like top six, but at least top seven. Any arguments from there are probably ridiculous. But that's the thing. Zion, you want him to play in a big market. So that's the thing with Atlanta. That's the flaw there. But they have a young core and they're a big market. Chicago's one that does not get enough chatter. And they have, like, the fourth, fifth best odds. So they have a chance to definitely grab Zion and get that first overall pick and grab Zion. I'm not sure. I think they need a guy like John Morant more than Zion. But this is Adam Silver's shoes. And if the Hawks and the Knicks are off the board, I'm rooting for him to go to Chicago. So next on my list, fourth, is the Phoenix Suns. Now, again, I always say it. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but I think TJ Warren is a super underrated, underappreciated power forward. He's not a great defender, but he's still pretty young, and he's dropping like 18 a night. So I don't think they need a power forward. They, like the Bulls, just way more desperate and need a point guard. Anthony Melton's a nice player, but they need a point guard. Like John Morant, oh, that would be great. But... I'm in Adam Silver's shoes, and I'm focusing on Zion right now. And if those top three options are off the board, I want him to go to Phoenix. Um, Phoenix may be a very tiny market. And even with Zion, I still think they'd be under average. But that Phoenix team has potential. Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton. They have guys like Kelly Oubre, Josh Jackson, and um, Macau Bridges. So they basically have three young small forwards. And they're hoping... One of them can work out. I like the odds that one of them at least becomes an average starter. TJ Warren would still be a nice bench player for them, and DeAndre Ayton. And hoping that they can get their power forward of the future, I mean point guard, I think that's a good option. Cleveland almost took this spot, but I'll tell you why Phoenix was just over them in a, in a little bit. But I think Zion could basically almost complete this rebuild. They just need their point guard. They get Zion, all they need is a point guard. The Suns have a good future. So now at number five, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Here's why the Suns over the Cavs. The Cavs are not a huge market either. Who's the bigger market, Phoenix or Cleveland? I'll give that to Cleveland. Okay? I'll give it to Cleveland, but not by a ton. But the reason for Cleveland getting on this list 
is that this could be their LeBron 2.0. LeBron was a super hyped up prospect and brought life to Cleveland sports and the Cleveland city again. And Zion hyped over prospect and he could really bring life to Cleveland again too. The only reason Phoenix over Cleveland is the fact that Phoenix has a much brighter future and Zion could basically complete that rebuild. They're just a point guard short. Uh, short. If Zion goes to the Cavs, they still need many other pieces. Um, They'd have Colin Sexton, I guess Jordan Clarkson, Seti Osman. They still don't have a lot um, there really at all. I um, They don't have much. That's why, despite a little bit of bigger market, it's not by a lot. And that Zion could pretty much complete the Phoenix rebuild. In Cleveland, not so much. So that's why Phoenix over Cleveland. Um, some honorable mentions here. Um... I mean, you could argue Washington, but I put the Lakers and the Celtics. And the reason the Lakers and the Celtics are honorable mentions because they actually have a chance to get the first overall pick. Now, it is slim odds, but they have a chance. But the reason they don't get on the list, because let's be honest, it's slim odds. It's pretty unrealistic, although it could happen. And it's just kind of unnecessary to put them in L.A. or Boston because Boston already isn't really good, like, young core. They're already pretty set. And LA's probably going to go out and get some big free agents anyway. Plus, if one of those two teams land the first overall pick, people are going to start accusing you that the draft is rigged if you give it to LA or uh, Boston just because they're big franchises. But then again, I think if the draft is rigged, the New York Knicks are no doubt getting that first overall pick. What do you guys think? Where should Adam Silver in the NBA want Zion Williamson to go. For me, I just told you my list again. I'll recap it. One is definitely New York Knicks, if not the Atlanta Hawks, if not the Chicago Bulls, if not the Phoenix Suns, and if not, it's the Cleveland Cavaliers. But who knows? Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, I don't think the NBA draft is rigged if the Knicks get the first overall pick, despite even odds between them, the Suns, and the Cavs. I don't think it's rigged just because of that. But I think if it is rigged, the Knicks are no doubt getting the first overall pick. So what are you guys thinking? Call in, call in on the Anchor Mobile app, agree or disagree with this list, all of that stuff. So now we're going to uh, probably close out the episode. Maybe we can fit in something else. Um, whether the Did the Los Angeles Lakers trading Avicia Zubach hint an offseason move? So we'll get to that uh, right now. So we all know how much I ripped on the Los Angeles Lakers for trading Zubach and Beasley, which was just an added piece, for Mike Muscala. And I'm not even going to rip on him now, but it turns out, I heard this report, that the Lakers offered the Clippers. The Clippers didn't even ask for Zubach, and they, uh, the Lakers just offered it to the Clippers. The Clippers laughed. They were just like, all right, sure, you want Muscala for Zubach? Now, people have said... I've heard people say, well, here's the thing with the Lakers. They wanted to trade Zubach, who will probably get like five to seven mil on the market, to try to get an expiring shooter in Mike Muscala, who might be a little bit of a better fit, quotation marks, um, than Zubach. It'll just be a, a buyout contract so we can free up a little ca- salary cap space. But Zubach isn't even worth that much. And... Even if Muscala is technically maybe the better fit, who wants Zub? Anyone. I don't care what team you are. You're taking Zubach over Muscala. I don't care if you're win now or you're rebuilding. Zubach is better now and he's going to be better in the future. 
Muscala was a shooter on a buyout contract. They'll be a better fit. What a bad trade by the Lakers. This is why Magic Johnson is not really a great GM. Um, I'm sorry, but did it hint at a possible move that they would go after a guy like DeMarcus Cousins or a big, a big man? Because this team doesn't have any other centers besides Zubach. They really didn't. Muscala, he's a 5 slash 4, and Wagner is a 5 slash 4. Wagner's more of a 4, and Muscala, you can even argue, is more of a 4 because he's kind of a stretch. Um, but are they going to go after Boogie? Was this a, an attempt to get rid of your a future starting center that could co- potentially compete with Boogie and kind of free up some cap space here to get Boogie Cousins because there's a legitimate chance he actually goes to L.A. I think this could be definitely true because why would you give up Avicii Zubac for Mike Muscala? Why would you choose to do that? Who does that? There's obviously something. We don't really know. So, this was actually made by Fansighted, and I'm pretty sure I've used their article once or twice. It was made by Jason Reed. I don't know who that is, but I just saw it pop up on, again, I look up NBA on Google, look at the news, and uh, kind of scroll through there and find some of this interesting stuff. Um, but, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not I'm not going to buy into it, but I, I do think there's, there's definitely a chance, because why would you trade Zubach for Muscala? Obviously, you're trying to free up some cap space. Give LeBron a shooter, I guess. I don't see. I don't buy into that part. Why would you trade Zubac for Muscala? Zubac is better now. I don't care if Muscala is a slightly better fit. You're taking Zubac. So there was obviously something where they thought, you know, we're not going to pay him. We're going to let him walk. Let's get something out of him. But even then, if you're trying to make the playoffs, I'd rather have Zubac than Muscala. So it's, it's not like you got anything out of him. You traded him for nothing. Muscala's been a horrible fit with your team. So that part I'm not buying into as much. It's more that I think they just mess things up, you know, all of a sudden we're like, you know what, actually, it's just kind of a panic move. And I I did say at first I thought it was just something to try to cover up the uh, Anthony Davis stuff, and it's made things worse. Uh, Zubach has been very good with the Clippers. The Clippers were basically handed Zubach. The Lakers handed it to them. Bad move by the Lakers. And why wouldn't you want to pay him like five to seven million dollars? Maybe eight mil. I would from a GM like sweet. I love this kid. Um, but again, maybe they are aiming for someone like Boogie Cousins. Um <sighs> So I don't know. People ESPN panel uh rank cous- uh Lakers favorites to sign cousins, which would make sense. Cousins kind of seems like a good fit in a place like LA. Um and, I mean, they, they're going to go off to some big-time free agents. So, I think this did hint at an off-season move, definitely in a way. Why would you hand him away for Muscala? You're basically trading, uh, as I say, Vichy Zubac for a bag of chips. Um, I, listen, I don't know. That was, it's still a questionable move. I'm not backing them up, defending it. But do you think, again, Anchor Mobile app, do you think this hinted to a possible DeMarcus Cousins signing or something like that, and Nikola Vucevic at least? I think it would mostly be a DeMarcus Cousins signing, but uh, let me know on the Anchor mobile app. Anything, again, I'm going to keep bugging you guys until you please do it. It's it's fun, trust me. Uh, you guys, it will be cool to get on the show. Even if it's just a, just a suggestion, I can listen to the comment, and then if you don't want it to be on the show, just tell me at the end I was taking the suggestion put it on an episode. Uh, that That's fine. Um, 
So, yeah, just do that uh, if you want to. So, uh, we have a little bit extra time. So, um, I guess I'll preview uh, tonight's uh, Celtics Heat game for a few minutes. So, why not? So, uh, yeah, I guess we'll get to that. Okay, so when I'm recording this, it's a few minutes after 8 o'clock. So, the um, technically, for the um, game between the Heat and... And the Celtics has already started, and things are tied up right now um, at 20. Uh, not tied up anymore. They're just tied up at 25 apiece. Now it's 27. Now it's 27 to 27 with a little over two minutes to go in the first quarter. So a high-scoring first quarter. I've been podcasting, so I haven't really seen the game. Um, but Al Horford's in. Uh, I'm pretty sure the only one that was missing today was Jalen Brown. Yeah, and Marcus Morris isn't playing either. I knew those two were not going to play. Um, so, again, how much does today's game mean? I'm not really going to preview the game itself, but how much does today's game mean the standings? You're not going to get the three seed we've already discussed. This would be a miracle. It's between you and the Pacers. How much do you want home court advantage? Um, the you won against the Heat, but they the Pacers won their last game. Now, I think you need tonight's game. I think you need tonight's game as some comfort in a way because the Pacers are facing the Pistons right now. They're up by eight, and they're facing a Pistons team without Blake Griffin, and I think they're gonna win. Do you need to at least be tied with the Pacers so that way, in case you lose? In case you lose to the Pacers, you still have a chance. It's not a great chance to get that. If if you lose to the Pacers, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to get that um, four seed. That game Friday, the fifth, if, if you're a Celtics fan, mark that game on your calendar. But I think you need today's game because if they're going to beat the Pistons, you want to at least try to stay neck and neck to them. Because if you lose today and they win, now they're a game ahead of you, and then they beat you, on Friday you're done. That's it. You got the five seed, and I don't like you on the road. The pace is a bad on the road, and you are. Both of you are very good at home. So whoever gets home court advantage automatically is getting a huge advantage in the series. Um, no doubt about that. So your uh, remaining schedule. So you have the Heat uh, right now, today, sitting at 46 and 32. Okay? And then we have the Pacers, then we have the Magic, then the Wizards. So, virtually, we have the Pacers on the road, which is not great that it's on the road. And then we have the Magic at home and then the Wizards on the road to close out the, the, the year. You, whoever wins that Pacers game is probably getting the fourth seed. If you win it, if you win today and they win today, but then you win that Pacers game, you got the fourth seed. Just, I mean, just try to go get the win against Orlando and then play all your scrubs against the Wizards. That's fine. Um, but you win against the Pacers, you got to be feeling good. You don't win against them, you're going to feel bad. And if you don't win today, things don't look great either because they're probably going to win. So you need the win today and you need the win against the Pacers on Friday. Today in that game, those are two big games because it looks like they're going to win. So they're at 43-34 now. And this, it's almost halftime. So those are, whoa, it's almost halftime in their games. 44-34, it's a defensive battle. I mean, that's without Blake Griffin and Victor Oladipo. It's probably expected. And Bogdanovich only has five points right now. So they're kind of in a defensive uh, dogfight right now. But you're at 29-29 ending the first quarter. Um, 
But, you know, it sinks that Brown and Morris are out today because I think you do need this game. You need this game and the Pacers game. Because, again, I think the Pacers are going to win today. you got to win today. And then you got to beat them out on Friday. It's neck and neck down the stretch, and whoever wins Friday, that's the ultimate prize. You basically get fourth seed right there. You're already clinched into the playoffs. It's just a matter of do you? how much do you think it matters? You're 18-20 and 20 on the road. And 28 and 12 at home. They're 29 and 10 at home and 17 and 22 on the road. So if you're a Celtics fan, you're sitting here saying, We are a great team at home, but we are bad on the road. The Pacers, they're better than you are at home, but they are worse than you on the road. So you think you're bad on the road? They're even worse. You got home court advantage? Oh, that's good. But if you don't, you're facing one of the best home teams. Uh, in the league, and that could be a seven-game series. It could. The Pacers just always give you a dogfight. Uh, Nate McMillan's a good coach. Credit to him. So, I, again, what do you think on the, uh, your thoughts uh, on this game? Just It wasn't really a preview of the Heat game, but how much does this game matter in the Pacers versus Celtics? So, again, only a few games left until the playoffs, and really I'm just focused on the Celtics and the Pacers right now. And I'll take a peek outside the standings, but I know the top – most of the playoffs are locked up right now. The West, I'll take a peek, see what's going on the West. But in the East, the top three seeds are locked up in their positions. It's just a matter of what can you guys do. And then at the bottom of the standings, you got teams like the Pistons and the Nets battling it out for the sixth seed. And the Magic and the Heat battling it out for the eighth seed. That's really about it at this point. And then the West, it's Warriors just basically trying to clinch that first seed over the Nuggets. The Nuggets holding on to the second seed. The Rockets and Blazers battling out for the third seed, and then the Jazz, Clippers, Spurs, and Thunder all battling it out towards the bottom, especially those Thunder and Spurs. It's like, avoid the Warriors in the first round. But I think it would be great to see the Thunder face the Warriors in the first round because that's at least a potential upset for the Warriors, even though Thunder are playing really bad um, right now. And even if they're playing good, it would be hard to pick them over that Warriors team. But who knows? Um, we'll do a whole playoff prediction, but we made some bold predictions on the playoffs and our five most overachieving and underachieving teams this season. And our last episode, uh, with Thomas Stapleton, um, from Break It Down NBA. Again, if you did not check that out, go check that out. My most recent episode. Um, uh, and I made one on his channel, Break It Down NBA. So yeah, those were, uh, really fun. Uh, sorry, no Colin for the past few days. Uh, Hopefully he comes back like tomorrow. Um, so, yeah, that's all I have for you guys today. Again, call in on the Anchor mobile app. It would be really fun to hear a lot of you guys call in your thoughts. I really enjoy that. You can have some good arguments, have a uh, good fun time. So, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, Charles and Billy call it back in too. So, yeah, that's all we have for t- That's all I have for you guys today. So, uh, yeah, I'll see you next time. Thank you.